done to you. Oh, you better be careful for that somebody's keeping score. Welcome back to The Sandlot, nine minutes at a time. I am your host for today, Rachel Mummert. Unfortunately, we are without my co-host Tierney, but she will return for our next episode. But with me today, I have two guests. We have Bentley Michaels from A Christmas Story Minute and Wayne's World Minute. And he is also a voiceover actor and all-around internet good guy. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. And our other guest is Brian Bauscher from the recently dropped Top Gun Minute. Welcome. I've been waiting to do this forever. Ever. (laughs) Forever. What's up? What's up? It's time for us to have our camp out. In today's segment, we are covering the camp out in the treehouse and deciding whether they should endure the hot and play baseball forever or go scam some pool honeys. <laughs> we start in the uh, we start in the old uh, the old outfield yeah. where they're looking through the fence, which is you know like the sort of classic thing and this is sort of like the fence is almost like the um like a a wall of reality in a way in that like you know where the child's memory not not dissimilar to a christmas story the child's memory takes over of what is reality and what isn't you know we get to see the whole uh we get to see the big old uh paw and everything that's uh that's clearly like a puppeteered sort of thing that's probably something like on like a on a, yeah. on a mop broom, you know, like just out of frame is there's like a mop broom, somebody handling it, but yeah. it's a, uh, it's really great. And then it's like camp out, you know, cause they got it again, smalls pulling up the rear. Got to get, got to have <laughs> everything explained to him. And I do love, yeah, this is prime puppet time. Like this whole segment is like you said, you know, the fence as a reality barrier. We get a lot of, yeah. <laughs> you know, childhood, remembrances and embellishments of the beast and just like you had said you know the paw and just that whole the noise that comes out of the you know the beast it's like this we get that dread music and then that just that awful like roaring noise (laughs) and and the dust in the dust yeah at this point in the film is uh is is this like the biggest thing that we've seen of the beast because i know there's a couple of pov shots where you ha- sort of have like the, the the you know like the growling and that sort of stuff but I, is this the, the sort of first uh physicality that we see of the beast uh, as far as the i believe so because i think we just kind of hear and have hear talk about the beast but this segment i think is really we learn we see the first kind of like you know jaws you just get that music and you don't see him yet and you see the beast little by little from here on out yeah i, I think we could see like the shadow through the the fence yeah it, like just before this I think, oh I yeah yeah, so so this is like yeah, uh, uh, they hit the ball over the fence, and they're they're again. It's kind of like a hazing of Smalls in a way, you know, like where they're just like let him let him figure it out, and then they were like, you know, as summers go, let's have a camp out in the uh, let's have a camp out in the uh, yield tree fort. Have any of you guys ever had a a tree fort when you were a kid? Not really. We had 
like a playhouse, but it was one of those that had had like a swing attached to it and a trapeze bar, and it wasn't a true f- yeah. like tree fort. Yeah, my mom made us one of those when I was a kid. She, uh, yeah, it was that that little thing where it had like the whole little area that had the slide, and then it had the 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 uh the, oh, the yeah. fireman's pole and then it had the the monkey bars and like everything else oh, like yeah, sort of the monkey bars I forgot attached about, to yeah. it or whatever <laughs> yeah. yep my mom made us that one summer that's awesome she's a very handy lady and my brother and I used that for so many home movies in which that was some sort of fort and as we got older and as I was like introduced uh to Jackie Chan and that sort of stuff it became like stunt <laughs> yeah, stunt building central where we were like. <laughs> How can I run across this thing or how can I jump off of this like into this or like, you know, how can I like fall and like, yeah, there was a lot of falling and <laughs> yeah. all that sort of stuff. It was uh, it, it was a lot of when fun. When I was a kid, I, we lived in Florida in Daytona Beach, like two blocks from the beach. And so MTV Spring Break was always right there, <laughs> was always right there. My dad, he built a little like two room camp or like tree. It wasn't it was a tree house, but when we had, there was no tree. It was just on the side of the porch. And like one room, and then there was a ladder that went up, and it had like a like a sun deck on top of it, and he, and he put like a astroturf on top of it, and had this guard around it, you know, so it wouldn't fall fall out. And but it was so hot in Florida, you couldn't go in the in the room on the bottom because it was so hot. You know, even though even though there was there was two windows, but there was still no airflow in there. So it was always you go up there at the top, and then you get sunburnt from the sun. You know, yeah. and I, you know, and I was a child, and I I didn't know, but I, I'd get my I'd get my dad's binoculars and get up there on the little sun deck, and you know, check it, it'd be girl watching. Oh know, man, during, <laughs> during spring break. Yeah, I was like five five six years old. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend of mine uh, that had like a a playhouse, but now looking back on it, I think it was just like a very elaborate doghouse because it was like there was no lights and there was no windows, but it was like on the side of his house, but it had like these different little rooms. And so it's like during the day, you would just like leave either side of the door open or whatever. And like, so like the light from the outside would shine in. And like he had all this stuff in there, but it like I thought it was so neat at the time as a little kid. But looking back on it now, like it was so small, like maybe it was maybe it was four feet tall in like certain areas or whatever. I just remember having to duck a lot and that sort of thing. Like, (laughs) and I remember hammering some boards into certain like tree branches in a tree in my backyard, but like never like a full blown never a full-blown uh, tree fort like i was a big calvin and hobbs guy still am and like his little even even his little square like where where him and hobbs had the get the the gross club gross mm-hmm. the slimy girls club just that 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 little sort of like what do you like like almost like a like a, a um a safeway cart or something like that of like what what a tree fort was like a little basket like a little fruit basket of a of a tree fort was something that I was like man I would really love that but never n- never had the full meal deal you know never went full Swiss Family Robinson <laughs> on it I, w- I really I really wish that was a thing uh, that me happened, too though. that's what I wanted when I was a kid yeah <laughs> yeah I mean the Sandlot thing is like the perfect treehouse as a little kid it's got like the little trap door. It's got like the exterior thing, you know, later on when, when the, when the, when the stuff explodes, how like they all just like run out, there's like, they've got yeah, ropes they and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Like it's super, it's super cool. You're like, man, they've they got do. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like twenty something year old stunt doubles like doubling all the kids <laughs> yeah, and out, I love- out their backs and stuff. <laughs> 
So as we go into our uh, treehouse, we I just I love this whole segment, just the realism of all the chit chat. I mean, you don't don't just have like the two characters yeah. chatting in the background. You have the throw, you know, the lines like because you know Scott or Smalls comes in and is like, "Oh, sorry, I'm late. My mom, you know, made me do the dishes yeah. and I had to get oh, my did jacket. Did your mommy make you queen yeah. all the dishes? Yeah." yeah. But we also just have all those little comments in the background that are just just as great, and it's it's, it's just is a true you know. Yeah, you out. hear you hear Squints. He goes like, ah, I don't like all yep. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like yeah, you yeah yeah great yeah. great little so, pieces hey, of sound hey, design in the one. background for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey Ham, hey, don't burn the whole <laughs> yeah. place down. Yeah, but speaking of, we get our s'more. <laughs> How can I have s'more of something if I haven't had it to begin with? <laughs> As honestly, this one of my favorite parts of this. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a little play on words, and just the incredulity of like, what you don't know what a s'more is? Like, how have you gotten this far in life? <laughs> yeah, Ham's Ham's face of just complete annoyance yeah, and disbelief. I mean, <laughs> that uh, that that actor. What, what's his name again? Uh, Patrick, um, uh, Patrick Renna. Yes. Yeah. He's got several of these moments throughout the movie where the incredulity on his face, you're like, he's just like, he can't believe mm-hmm. what's happening. He's so annoyed and he just wants yeah. to smack somebody. <laughs> yeah, mainly smalls. <laughs> <laughs> like he's on the verge of just being like, get out, just get out of this tree. Like this, <laughs> you don't, de- you can't, you don't deserve it. Yeah. The subtext is like, you're lucky. Benny exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd be out of here. Yeah. yeah. So, would a s'more cooked over a candle? Would it? I mean, I've never. I've just had them, you know, campfire. Like I've never tried over a candle. I don't know if that's effective or not. (laughs) It's it's like getting a Coke from McDonald's or a Coke out of a bottle. It's not Mm. the same. Yeah, mm, it'll it'll true. work, you know, because I think he's got a couple of candles there, so like he's got at least a, a couple sources of flame. But like you know, obviously it'll take longer. The heat isn't as you know hot, and then like if it's a scented candle, Ooh, then all of a sudden your, your your s'more turns into like a a vanilla a vanilla winter <laughs> scent or something like that. A spruce spruce s'mores. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, whatever you've you've picked up at the store this week for your candle scenario. But like, yeah, I mean, it'll totally work. It's just. Obviously, it's not. But then again, you know, I'm sure that Ham has also raised that. Guys, what if we got a fire pit? <laughs> yeah. They're like, you want to put a fire pit in a wooden tree house in the uh, in, in a wooden tree? Well, I mean, yeah. you know. With a bunch of like preteen safe, boys. Safety wise. But like, what? but what if we Who got a fire go pit? Wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably his motto. What could go <laughs> we'll wrong? We'll see later in this movie. Probably almost everything. <laughs> I, I like how him the way he says how, how you make a s'more, you know, but how he says you first you take the gram, the gram, you know, yeah, yeah, not the gram cracker, take the gram, you know, and you put the chocolate on the gram, and then you roast the mallow. Who the hell calls it a mallow? I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask too because I've never called it or heard it called that. I've, it's always been marshmallow, the mallow, yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. Where is this movie set? Set technically Utah. in? I think of California. It's supposed to be set in yeah. Southern yeah. California, right? Yeah, I don't know. It, it might be like a. I I would have chalked it up to like a, you know, as a child, I would have chalked it up to like some sort of California talk, you know, because this was around the same time also that like certain surfer movies were coming out or certain like you know the 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 Southern California sort of 
dialect, if you will, was starting to permeate into to movies and television shows and the sort of Valley mm. Girl thing was starting to happen. 90210 was happening, <laughs> you know, like all of that sort of stuff. Like Surf Ninjas was only a few <laughs> years away, of course. Do you, do you think Ham was a, a big fan of uh, Frankie Valley or whatever? Or Frankie Avalon? <laughs> oh, Frankie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ham definitely out of all of them probably has like the softest side of Sears when it comes to things where it's like he's so aggressive and so whatever. But like, you know, you put on Earth Angel for Ham and him and, you know, he's he's going to be like, uh, the sweetest song yeah. to fall asleep <laughs> to Earth Angel. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he does share his s'more with Smalls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, he like takes a bite. He's like, "Here, try it. It's pretty good." But I, 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 th- I also like to think that you know, ham is. I mean, ham is not not that dissimilar from me in in which that I come off very, very gruff, and I'm very, very kind of like uh, people tend to keep a wide wide berth of me, and then it's like you get to know me. They're like, "Dude, he's the nicest guy in the entire world," but everyone else is like, Ugh. "They're like, dude, he's 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 pretty scary." <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and I ham's the same way. Like you see that sort of thing where he's always talking crap. He's always like. Whatever it is, he's like he's always being fairly aggressive with, with people in a lot of different ways, and then then he has like super sweet moments like this where he's like, "All right, yeah, here, you know, you're yeah, you're in the club here. You can you can eat yeah. like half of my s'more or whatever, which is which is pretty great." And then we we get to what you were about to talk about. Oh yeah, I was going to ask with making s'mores. Are you? Because I, I mean, it's been a while since I've had one, but I'm the kind that I will set my marshmallow on fire and then put it out and then that's 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 crispy enough for me <laughs> but i i was just curious if that is the same or <laughs> I, I usually try to get mine to be like a golden brown on the outside but it usually goes up in flames and you yeah know, i just have to deal with what i got uh i'm a high roaster so it's like i keep it far above the flame and just slowly slowly turn so i i learned especially with my kids when we were younger like i learned how to perfect that that light golden mm. brown and so much so to where it, it it creates the crust on the outside and then when you put it on the gram on the inside like it kind of like comes apart and it's like you see how melty it okay, is or yeah. whatever and it kind of like cracks the shell it's almost like a soft boiled uh, egg in a way yeah, yeah but but there's nothing long there's nothing wrong with just like sticking it in there getting a good flambe going and being like let's get this done in about 15 minutes and that's the other part seconds. i'm not patient enough i'm like i want my s'more and i just i want it now so <laughs> yeah and, and then your tongue's on fire yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you have like a mouthful of ash ash I, lo- I i love cooking so yeah yeah for sure that that whole process of figuring out the best way of trying to like make it uh, the most picturesque for television and or the, mm. the movies that that type of food like that was always my thing like sometimes my family they'd be like where's your i'm like hold on the plates aren't quite there and then it's like they would come get and they would like you know then they scarf <laughs> and that that plate's gone in like five minutes or less but i was like man that plate looked great when i when yep. i sent it out to you i gotta tell you <laughs> And then, like, yeah, like you said, we get to the crux of our section, what we've all been waiting for. Yeah. The backstory of the beast, as told by Squints, which he is a superb, I mean, I'm not the best storyteller, just ask ask my siblings, ask anybody, but Squints is superb at his storytelling, <laughs> with the flashlight under his chin, he really sets the scene. Yeah, really got a great Twilight Zone effect yep. going on. <laughs> Close up on his face, and the I just love how he sets the tone way back, way back when before any of us could even pick up a baseball. Yeah, yeah, got that nice 
fades into a black and white filter. That's 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 really nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's the what what's the phrase? It's like you know, so long ago, maybe like five seven yeah. years ago, something like that. <laughs> Twenty it, years you know, ago. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was infinity ago, you know, like 10 years. Anyway, he, here's the story. And I do love that he's he's got that sort of, um, he's got that very 50s-ish type of jacket with like the, it's almost like a miniature letter oh, jacket yeah, that he's yeah. wearing. Nice like round metal buttons that are like colored to like the, the buttons are definitely the same colors, like the trim on his jacket and that sort of thing. You know, it's like a nice sort of baseball-esque looking jacket or whatever. It's a nice little piece of uh, of costuming there, I think, you know, that really kind of puts it in the uh, in the moment or whatever. Yeah. I always forget about that jacket. That's... And then his, even his flashlight is great because it's like a little bit of a lantern with like a flashlight out of the side or something. So it's like, it, it looks like a big kind of like mm, yes. a, a Coke can, but the light is actually like on the side of it. So like he turns it sideways and then kind of like rotates it up to his face for like, you know, dramatic <laughs> effect, which is a nice little piece of business. Guys, be quiet. You want to wake <laughs> him up? He just went to bed. I, I, I love that, you know, everyone else is being, everyone else, the, everyone's being so loud, like everyone's laughing or whatever. You know, a classic continuity thing that's always drove me nuts is that like uh, Smalls is still talking to Ham. And then when they cut back to like the sort of wide shot of everybody, Smalls is facing forward now. And it's only been about yeah. five seconds. Even as a kid, I noticed that. And I was like, oh, well, I had this on VHS as a kid. And like, even then I was like, God, that annoys the crap that's out of me. True. Like, why didn't they fix yeah. it? Because, yeah, know? <laughs> he's, you know, he gets that half of the s'more and then all of a sudden he's sitting with his, clutching his. He's got like his hands yeah. around like, yeah, yeah, clutching his legs and stuff. I, I like how um, one of them is holding a bowling pin. Bowling pin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even, it's, it looks like a sawed off BB gun that Squints is holding, possibly. Mm. Yeah, this this definitely seems like the type of place where they're like, how much stuff can we steal from like our parents' house and bring yeah. it here, you know? And and I would imagine if if any of them are like are like Smalls, is that like you know the 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 concept of a stepdad back then was probably like more of like that was like kind of first generation stepdaddy type of thing, you know, where it was becoming a little mm-hmm. bit more prevalent and a little bit more sort of normalized, you know, like mom didn't like first dad. So now you've got dad <laughs> too type of thing. And so it's like the idea of being like, hey, I stole this from my stepdad. He'll never know. Or or he's not going to tell on me because what like what's he going to make my mom <laughs> mad or something, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. That sort of attitude like where I would say Bertram for sure definitely has a stepdad. Mm, yeah. Uh, the first baseman yeah. with yeah, glasses yeah. or whatever, you know, disappears into Vietnam, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would definitely say that he probably has one or maybe he's got a that single parent be. or something like that. But definitely something where this seems to be like the collection of stuff where like, you know, garage sale fodder, <laughs> if you will. And we'll see later in the movie, they managed to, uh, you know, get, oh, approximately three vacuum cleaners up there. <laughs> that yeah. cracks me up. And the faces, like the the faces that they make during that during that time have always made me giggle like they're yeah we're doing yeah. it yeah we're doing it <laughs> it's so funny but I do love how um yeah th- this goes into very much like uh, uh Brian you mentioned this how it goes into black and white and how it transfers over and, and it really does like the the thing that this movie is so great about and, and I think a lot of movies of this time in the early 90s and just smaller movies in general like I noticed this a lot in A Christmas Story especially these movies that are only about uh, 90 to 100 minutes you know like you know they're just right around the 
the hour and a half to hour and 45 minute mark or something like that is that a lot of these movies and I noticed this obviously with Wayne's World as well there's a there's a good storyline throughout but in general this is just like a bunch of vignettes to like especially Wayne's World like mm. it's just like a bunch of sketches and it resets and it did this with the Christmas story because like I would have guests on and they would be like oh man I can't believe I got these minutes that movie resets every five hmm. to seven minutes That's and Wayne's true. World does it this movie kind of does as well like I know you guys are doing the the nine minute thing and like I watch this going like man what a great nine minutes and like really the reset is when it cuts to the wide shot of the the treehouse and we get the You know, and like we get the we get the the lion sleeps tonight uh, playing in the background or whatever, which also right around that same time, I think even the same year was used in the first Ace Ventura movie. (laughs) And so, like, I I remember hearing this song when I when I saw Ace Ventura, I think maybe later that year, possibly the year after I was like, oh, it's that song from the Sandlot, (laughs) you know, like and I'm always impressed by people that can sing how they do with the falsetto like so high. (laughs) You know, as a guy who has uh, has my voice, falsetto is the only way that I can say <laughs> hi. And so, like, yeah. again, it's such a cool establishing shot. And really, what's really interesting, too, is, like, if you look in the background, I think, like, their treehouse is technically, like, out behind center field. So it's, like, the Beast's house is out behind left field. And then Timmy and Tommy's house is in center field. So, which is why they can, like, do the stuff they do later on. You know, you got to think Timmy and Tommy's house are, like, like they're neighbors to this guy. So, like, they've all... I, I would imagine that like they probably actually know that this guy's actually probably a pretty cool guy and they just don't want to mm, say anything. Yeah. I would I would imagine that they've had interactions with this dude in the past, like either through I don't know if it's through trick or treating or something like that, where or or it's like their parents maybe kind of know him a little bit. Or, you know, if Timmy and Tommy's dad is a baseball fan, I would imagine even that like the the father would know. He's an old baseball player type yeah. of idea. You know, like I can't imagine but like they just sort of play into the kiddness of it all and like don't they don't ever like say anything about it cuz you know they want to be part of That's the group That's true cuz you don't hear the you know the scary urban legends about the you know Myrtle or the Myrtle guy it, you know it's always just about the yeah. the dog the beast so he yeah maybe <laughs> Yeah but it's a great it's a great uh piece of sort of segue into like this black and white you know it's very much of the of that time of like the 30s of like you know the uh uh it's almost like a comic book come to life the splash oh. page of like the beast coming out from over here and like you know like like the big letters like you know sort of panning across the screen or whatever you know like being revealed of like the beast attacks and like it goes into this very like how the ca- how it's shot lens wise of like sort of the exteriors of the junkyard and like the black and white especially like when those bodies come flying <laughs> over the fence <laughs> like onto the cars you know it's like it's very much like that sort of like old 1930s 1940s kind of like you know Twilight Zone. Or or like movie of the week, you know, horror, you know, horror film, you know, what's behind the fence? Who knows? <laughs> you know, yeah. type of like a vibe to it or whatever. It's a it's a really cool shift in the way that they he narrates this entire thing, how what he talks about, you know, again, saying something very specific and then like going yeah. back on it. I wanted to mention about too, like, don't you think that probably where the sandlot is was where the junkyard was? 
you know, to oh, get back, yeah. back then. That would have been, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah, that, that outfield doesn't look great. And then it was like, I bet you Mr. Myrtle starts selling off his land and that sort of stuff and it became a housing development. That, yeah, because like, even a lot of the fencing around the sandlot is reminiscent of what, you know, even the fencing around the beast's, you know, yard would have been. So yeah, I could definitely Yeah, it's like that. they kind of like, what are the property lines? Okay, well, so we'll just pick some of this up and like move this chain link fence with like that green yeah, plastic yeah. stuff yeah. that goes in between yeah. it. But I, I, I noticed, like when you when it first fades into the the memory, it's you know it looks like the twisted metal game with the the box oh, truck yeah. on the right and the the, box, the, yeah. the 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 junk cars. So it looks like that twisted metal game from back in back in the day. Yes. And, and and like all the thieves, they kind of look like the thieves that uh, Ralphie shoots in. It you in definitely you know <laughs> Christmas Story. Yeah, the whole aesthetic is really really yeah. cool. And especially you you're thinking okay this is a memory of an old you know an adult is remembering his childhood remembering his friend telling a story about you know something that happened 20 years before hey something that he maybe yeah. made up or like yeah. you know who knows <laughs> especially when we get the uh you know he got the pup and feeds him sides of beef and in a few weeks he grows into the yeah. beast yeah. like yeah. a few what, weeks uh, sure what the, what the hell is in that beef to make the, that puppy grow so big and strong in that fact? <laughs> And we see the whole trailer shaking, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I do love that. Like it's that it's the um. So he got you know. So he got himself a pup, and he just started like, and then he fed him. He grew big, Gross. and he grew strong. strong, and he's just like and he's mean. just supposedly like <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, just like mutating, mutating in this this weird little like Winnebago thing or whatever. And like I like how they show how like how it shakes the and how it like you know, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the yeah. son of Sam. Logo on the front. Yes, of it. <laughs> and it even has the word Sam on the yeah. side too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, he grew big and mean, and he, you know, he only had one thing on his mind to kill anyone who came. <laughs> yeah, kill everyone who came in the yeah. junkyard. And we get we get the beginning of our uh, puppet puppetry. We get the paws, yeah, knocking the guys out, throwing them over the fence. And Bentley, how many thieves did they were? Did they he go? It was, it was like 120, 173 guys. 175. <laughs> yeah. It's just like he says like the number and then he's just like, guys. you know, we're playing in the ballpark of, yeah. <laughs> Again, another one of those uh, those number things by Squints where it's like, because I think I, I would like to think in Squints' head, like maybe the, the, the director was like, say a number and then like realize that your friends don't and look <laughs> impressed. <laughs> so say exactly. a bigger number, hoping they'd be like, oh, yeah. oh. No kidding. 175, Whoa, you say? Okay, my bad. <laughs> I thought it was a bunch of horse crap at 120, but at 175, yeah, we're, playing in, we're playing in the major leagues here, boys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the director probably thought he was going to say like nine and then <laughs> say, say 20, you know? That would be interesting to like see the outtakes to be like, maybe he started really low and they're like, you got to go higher. Yeah. <laughs> it is a really great thing to, it, it's such a yeah. fun monologue too. Like, and you know, it's such a uh, wonderfully performed by uh Chauncey uh, uh Leopardi who who plays Squints. It was always one of my favorite parts like of this movie like because look we've seen tons of kids and tons of movies and stuff like that and sometimes they suck. Oh yeah. And like then there's then there's just kids like this who just like you're like wow, you know, you just get it. You're just here to, you know, you're 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 very good at what you do. Oh yeah. And, Throughout uh, this whole and, movie. And all of these kids, I mean, the main kid who plays uh Squints uh, or, or sorry, Squids. Uh, some, who plays Scotty Smalls? Mm-hmm. What's his name? His name is uh, Tom Tom, Tom Geary yeah. or Tom Geary or yeah. something. He right after this goes on to be in the 1994 Lassie, Lassie yeah. remake. 
with the gal who goes on to be on Heath Ledger's yeah, wife and then, uh, and then Dawson's Creek. Michelle, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then like, you know, Chauncey Leopardi and Patrick Renna, they go on to be in several movies together. Yeah. Uh, there's like a soccer movie that they're in. And then there's like another sports movie that they're that they're in together. I, th- I want to say it's soccer, baseball, and basketball or something like that. I forget exactly. The Big Green is the, the soccer green, movie. Yeah. That's the one I remember. And then um, Sandlot uh, and, oh, oh, he's in Son-in-Law oh, right yeah. after this. Big Green is in 1995. Let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm on the IMDb. Summertime Switch... Which looks like it has oh, it's a TV movie. Which looks like it has Sean Hunter in it from Boy Meets World, and he's on an episode yeah. of Boy Meets. There's World There's quite a few of these well. guys that make appearances on Boy Meets World. That's a common. Yeah, I and then yeah, and then Squints he makes an appearance on Freaks and yes. Geeks, and he's in like uh, Gilmore Girls. That surprised me Gilmore as well. <laughs> yeah, like Squints is even in like Casper. Yes, you know, like yes. Uh, with with Devin Sawa, <laughs> and like I think both him and Patrick Renner are in the Shadow Zone mm-hmm. together. Yeah, he does another movie with Christina Ricci called The Opposite of Sex in 1998, and then he's on Seventh Heaven. <laughs> and I remember, oh, on a, he's on an episode of Walks, Walker Texas. Ranger, which nice. made me laugh because I have a story. I have a story about uh, me and Squints uh, doing martial arts together once for later or whatever. But uh, yeah, five episodes of the Gilmore Girls, and then like he's in. I think it's the third Sandlot movie or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I forgot they made the. They made like a, a direct for VOD or something like that, <laughs> where he's like he's in charge of the Sandlot now or something yeah. like that. But anyway, let's get back to this. Uh, let's get back to this this cool flashback. I always thought it was weird how it's like you know, <laughs> I think again it's like 120, 175 guys, and then the next best. I think the best line in this entire nine minutes is this line where he goes, and that's when the cops started getting calls about all the missing. Teams. Yes, I was just gonna say. <laughs> that <laughs> like, that makes a lot of sense like hey where did all the thieves go like why why <laughs> hello average citizen here we're not being burgled where are all these thieves <laughs> and the police are like i don't care like it, they're they're not <laughs> <laughs> they're like, and then i like how it goes to like almost like this mafioso sort of thing where it's like they do like this this uh cement like sort of sled like you see all the cement like go down this thing and <laughs> Yes. So so it's like, did they grind him up and put him in the yeah, cement? You know, Tommy it's very out. sort of like, yeah, Goodfellas casino esque. Yeah. Well, it's know. just a weird punishment to be, you know, this menacing beast, and they're like, you have to keep him under the house because he's never ever going to escape from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he basically becomes like Smau. Yes, you he know, does. it's like. With his treasure of baseballs. <laughs> but also it's a really cool like little kid moment where it's like you can see like the little kid brain working that's like, well, how'd you get rid of like, uh, we locked him underneath the house forever, you stupid idiot. Like, how like, do you think he got out? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how do you think we dealt with a monster? We locked them underneath the house never yeah, to be seen And hooked them with this huge chain to this big, huge concrete yeah. pillar and gave it – how do you get – the, the beast is so big – we had to use a bathtub and fill it with dirty waters that he can drink out of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And 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 like what a great piece of puppetry oh too. My gosh, like and like yes. and, and like such a because that, that was a practical thing, correct? Like yes. it was like this there if was you like Google it, you know, it was like you a, will be terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's, it's not, not a very uh <laughs> no settling image, but it's great because like you don't really see the face, you just kinda like the see legs. like the ear in the back of the head and it kinda like moving by. And it's interesting because like I don't know if they did it with like the frame rates of the film or whatever, but when I saw it, I always thought it was stop motion 
motion until like I was looking oh. at stuff for this and I saw that it was like, you know, it was probably like, you know, your classic birthday gu- party, two guys in a mm, suit. Yeah playing a horse or something like that but it's like you know probably people inside of that like sort of stand up walking or you know bent over like doing the you know coordinating right Right, left left. right left (laughs) like but how they kind of for that part or whatever it definitely looks stop motion like it looks a little you know like like a strobe lights kind of going off like it has that effect and I just love how this beast is so terrifying but when it's confronted with all these police officers because he apparently you know 120 173 thieves he had no problem you know just killing but these police officers are trying to you know entomb him under a house and he's just like okay <laughs> yeah. i got caught yeah now all these thieves can come back and burglarize your houses and then we can have some work to do yeah <laughs> which reminds me if it's supposed or it's reminiscent of you know childhood storytelling good guys versus bad guys like you know the policemen will always there's a you know when you play cops and robbers, you know, the cops are always a good guy, so they win. So this is kind of a win for them. Yeah, <laughs> and, it is, and it is very much that little kid sort of idea of storytelling in which, yes, the cops are the good guys. They're going to vanquish the evil. In this case, like, the beast goes quietly. But also, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, subtly or something like that. You You look at it and you go, well, the cops necessarily aren't the bad guys in this sort of scenario so like he's not going to attack mm, them yeah regardless of the fact that they have like all their tommy guns out and i i am a man who loves a good yes. tommy gun and uh you know between home alone and dick tracy i'm a guy who loves a good tommy gun yeah i, I love that it's like it's the jaws thing it's the alien thing of which like yes you're seeing the beast really for the first time but still the camera's under the house the shadow of the face is really kind of like mucked up so it's like you're really only getting you're not even getting like the full 100 oh, yeah. kind of like look at him or whatever you know and i do love the the physicality of what it was my great grandpa something squints palador like and he does like the finger thing you know with the with the glasses <laughs> like you know that squints does like so like that's a fun little piece of time business there where it's like you know that that gives it like a Easy, easy credibility to where like I mean there's a reason that I think that like my my son got sick when he was probably in about the first grade and we watched this movie for like the three or four days that he was sick and then we continued to watch this movie for almost two months oh, afterwards wow. or something like that <laughs> every single day he would come home from school and we would watch this movie and we watched it for yeah and I, it's like I hadn't seen this movie since I don't know maybe I was in my 20s or something at that time and like I was like early 30s at the time and so like and we watched it every single day for about two months and then it was like and then it kind of went to like a couple times a week and then it would just you know we haven't probably seen it in maybe 10 years now together or something like that but it's definitely something that like it's such an easy movie that like when he was a little kid because like I said he was like first grade when he saw this part and he like it was easy for him to understand with just the visual cues and not necessarily knowing what all of the words and the all of the voiceover was saying you know of Squint's telling the story but it's such a great visually done in such a silly way that I think it's you know like the quote unquote adult part is the squints telling the story even though it's super ridiculous as an adult you laugh but then like the visual part is almost for the kids 
because then it's like it tells the story. You can kind of like as as a young child put two and two together, mm-hmm. you know, based off of like what's being said and what's being shown on screen. Like you get like the entire idea. It, it's very reminiscent of like the early Hollywood, like Lon Chaney, Wolfman, like early monster oh, movies, yeah. you know, you know, it, it kind of has that vibe, uh, of especially like I was a big fan of the Wolfman and and like Wolf, Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman <laughs> or Wolfman meets Frankenstein, like those movies. This has that vibe to me, which later on, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you know, later on, like, I mean, but I think that purposely was done because it has that, it has that feel of those Wolfman oh, movies. Yeah. You know, like certain lenses that they use, the black and the white lighting, like it really does have that vibe. And so like, I, I really appreciate like that subtle filmmaking of everything. I do love when we come out of it, unless you guys have uh, anything more on, on the black and white. Oh, I thought it was cool is the the guy who plays the old man, uh, uh, Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the younger man, you know, is, yeah. is you know, is yeah. not. Yeah, is Mr. Not Overalls. James Earl Jones. Yeah. It's this guy named Herb Miller, or Herb Mueller. Which is funny because they had no idea who was going to play the old man. They just happened to get James Earl Jones to come in for a day and to record. So it's just weird how they got this guy who does kind of look like a young James Earl Jones. He could, yeah. He definitely could pass for him. I mean, well, I mean, except for this, it's like it's like an old white guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but but being in the black and I white, mean, he looks nothing. I, I'm I'm going to disagree with you there, Brian. He he looks nothing like James Earl Jones. <laughs> Absolutely zero. He looks like a crazy old white guy that would like have like some sort of straw hanging <laughs> out of his mouth. I just assumed it was like this because at this time, twenty whatever so years ago, James Earl Jones would have been playing baseball with Babe Ruth. Mm. So. So James Earl Jones bought the house and inherited the beast that was locked underneath in the basement <laughs> of his house. You know, like you know, like that. That's the way that I would I would presume oh, that the the lore would work because this guy was clearly like some old moonshiner, which is why he had yeah. so many bathtubs. <laughs> you know. And then, like, so he was off playing. He was already he he was off playing baseball. And so then, like, when he retired because the lights go out, he 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 retires to this community and like you know buys this buys this house and then discovers the beast underneath. <laughs> that cracks me up because I imagine being a realtor and you know the realtor showing him the house and usually they you know if you ask they have to disclose. Yeah. <laughs> Big no, yeah, yeah. no, it's all good. There's nothing nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's you There's know no it's, a, it's a nice uh, four bedroom, four bedroom, two bath it's about 3500 square feet you got a whole big backyard <laughs> out there you got a you got a whole bunch of land out there this used to be a junkyard there was a beast that was killing people he's locked underneath Forever. the basement anyway we're going to give you a reduced rate <laughs> he's like did you just say there's a beast yeah, underneath there like, yeah, 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 you yeah, got yeah. one now but you know, yeah exactly <laughs> sir do you like dogs <laughs> this is the house for you <laughs> you're going to have to <laughs> Cause you got you've got uh, quite the dog living underneath uh, underneath your house. Comes with its own security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, property comes with its own security. Th- this property selling itself. Come on. <laughs> the guy who's playing uh, Squint's grandfather, Squigman Palidors, is uh, Daniel Zacapa. Is his name, and he was actually mm. he was the guy who uh, went before the movie started when they got all the actors together. He's the one who put them through the, their little baseball camp. He's the one who. Oh, oh yeah. right, right, yeah. He was like the the baseball sort of onset yes. baseball coach or whatever. And didn't uh, didn't Squints like ha- didn't he get hit by like a car or something yeah. during the filming of this? Yeah, he yeah he had to go to the potty one night or one day during <laughs> during filming, and so he, <laughs> he he asked to go to the restroom and. 
They yeah. ran out of bathrobes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he got, they, they let him go, run across, and he actually was just tired. He didn't want to be out in the sun anymore for the day, I guess. If it, so this was just <laughs> an, it was just an excuse to get off set for a few minutes. And <laughs> he, he went there, and he went back to the trailer, I guess, where the restrooms were, did his thing. And then when he was coming back, he went – he didn't – who looked both ways to cross the road, and <laughs> one of the ads was in a van driving down the road and and hit him. <laughs> yeah, and, wow. And he's yeah, tiny he... too. Like you could tell the the kid's yeah. not very big. So like it wouldn't be if he darted out behind something you weren't paying attention. Like and if you were like in a van that was kind of up, you probably. I mean, it's not dissimilar to like Joe Pesci uh, almost. Uh, running into Kevin McAllister right. at Home Alone, you know, like, but but yeah, he he yeah. got hit and he didn't want to get in trouble, so and he he wasn't really hurt, so but he so he got up and he just ran back to the set hoping that you know it'd be just fine, but then of course the 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 when the AD was like he didn't want to get in trouble, yeah. so he was like he wanted to go on, he ran over to the set, make sure he was okay, and he had to let him know that yeah he, he ran out in front of me and I hit him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, insurance wise, like if for whatever reason, yeah. as an adult, as you get older, you're like, you know what? I should probably disclose this. Otherwise, <laughs> this could come back to bite exactly. me really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. And and I would imagine, too, because like like you said earlier, they're shooting this in Utah that like they've got to be shooting this during the spring slash the summer. So there's so there's at least, you know, good, you know, yeah. sunshine. Yeah. And then that sort of stuff. And, and that area, my my aunt lived in Utah. And I remember visiting her in uh, uh, during the summer once. It, it was hot as yeah. crap. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, it is warm here. So I would imagine that, like, you know, the the things that we we deal with uh, here in the in the closing minutes of this is something that's it, uh, very, very true, accurate yeah. to the area, but also very accurate to Southern California and the San Fernando Valley, because like in Oregon here, I live in a valley. And so it's like we get a lot of rain. We get a lot of uh, and, and it gets very cold, like right now at night. You know, it's like, you know, it's in the low 30s. It freezes at night and that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. But be, because we're in a valley and we're sort of surrounded by, you know, how that works with like the, the mountain ranges and that sort of stuff, the clouds rarely get low enough to drop snow where I live. Oh, wow. There's plenty of other places here in Oregon that like get tons of snow, you know, because like there's a lot of like over in Bend, Oregon, there's tons of like great snowboarding and like great mountains and up near Mount Hood and Hood River and like all that sort of stuff, like great stuff. But like where I'm at in the in the valley of uh, of Oregon, it's very rare that we get snow and it's even rarer that it lasts like the big joke for us is that like if we get snow it's probably gone by one o'clock in the oh, afternoon wow. <laughs> because like we'll get snow and then everyone's like all schools are closed we you know th three inches drops overnight all schools are closed and then by like one o'clock it's just like all the roads are clear <laughs> it's it's you know it's 45 degrees again and it's totally cool and a whole bunch of idiots just went and got studs on their tires that'll be on until june which drives oh, me man. insane <laughs> like there's I'll be out walking my dog and like someone will drive by me and I'll just hear click, 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 click. And I'm like, oh, cool. Those guys got their studs on their tires still. And it just happened the other night, as a matter of fact. It was driving me insane. But I do like that. Uh, I do like how Squint sort of wraps up the story. And then Smalls, one of the few times that Smalls kind of like, you see that he's like the adult of the group and you see that he's like probably not socialized with a lot mm -hmm. of kids, you know. And so he goes like, nah. No, nope. yeah. that's yeah. not true. No, that, nope. That's Don't a bunch of crap. Nope. Like, and then I love Ham's conviction, how sad he looks. And then he the goes sad. to the, he goes to the grand. Yeah, it is. I knew one kid. He got eaten. 
crunch, crunch you know, and he's just like. <laughs> the sad, yeah, that, just that look and that sad bite of. <laughs> yeah, of and it's just like, I think like even like a little crumb like comes off and like you see it kind of fall or whatever. And you're just like, yeah. And then I wonder what happens the rest of the night, you know, for that sleepover. And he goes, go take a look at it because like he goes over yeah. and he looks, you know, like he's like, he's down there. He's like, yeah, he is. Like, it's it's such a great, you know. Again, it's kind of like that. It's almost like uh, the way they use the camera is kind of like Evil Deadish in a mm. way, you know, like where like the camera kind of like zooms into the ground and does stuff, you know, like they they have like some of those Sam Raimi Evil Dead moments in that, like when they're dealing with the beast in the backyard and that. Yeah, yeah and there's yeah, and there's no baseballs, cool. no beast on camera, but small. There's like baby dolls with eyes missing, with like arrows yeah. Yeah, and but, all sorts of crap. But, you know? Then the camera pulls up. <laughs> Up and you see Smalls in the window, and he just screams like, like Poltergeist has just come right into his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Poltergeist. That's a great way of put. Yeah, but yeah, that that sort of moving camera that like how Sam Raimi does the stuff with like an Evil Dead, and the camera's the bad guy, mm, you know, that's about yeah. to like you know attack you or something like that. It's a great little piece of filmmaking, and like it's again like it's it's flicks like this and and Wayne's World and a Christmas story where it's like you get to the the reality is so thin in a lot of areas that you can like you can play in those other filmmaking genres if you will you know like where Wayne's World like I just I just recorded some minutes with a with, with a, a person the other day where it's like where they're at the donut shop after and Wayne and Garth are reconciling and he opens up that janitor's closet he's like I don't know I've always just like wanted to open a door to be people being trained like in a James Bond movie and it's shot completely different it's lit completely different it looks totally it looks totally different you know and then there's like the action stuff right after that where Wayne's like driving and T-1000 shows up and like you know but it's like the camera's following the car and it's like you know weaving in and out of traffic and it's totally different than everything else in the movie and I just I love stuff like that where you know it's those subtle things that we don't really think about you know like with this with this sort of flashback sequence and like how it is very much sort of a uh, pre uh, prerequisite to the Wolfman being shown later. Yeah. And then like these little horror moments whenever we deal with. And then later on, you know, I, I know I'm skipping ahead, but like when we actually get to see the when Benny's in the backyard, like the sort of. Oh, yeah. You know, like you have that showdown. The, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns into very much like it's shot, the lenses that they use, the way the dust is like it turns yep, into a Western. Yep. You know, it turns into like a high noon sort of Western thing. So and then, you know, later on, like when the rich kids show up with the baseball team <laughs> and like ever and it's like that that shot where like all the bikes and the and like all the stuff like lines yeah. up. That's very much to me that reads me very much like a uh like a Martin Scorsese shot or something like that. It reminds me of Goodfellas in a way, like in you know, just how it's lined up up how it's shot the way the color is like this movie has so much rich like filmmaking in it i i wonder who the i'm gonna look up who the director of photography is because i want to see some of the other stuff that this guy's worked on because it, it's very easy to take a movie like this on the page and just make like a simple movie or uh, or whatever cinematography anthony b richmond looking it up now oh he did Lin he well he did legally <laughs> blonde he also did Candyman. he worked on the beatles uh tv miniseries that just came okay. out wow which is really cool let's go back into his earlier so right before this he did Candyman. 
in the arms of a killer, which is a TV movie. Yeah, like I'm looking at I'm looking at a lot of TV movies, uh, a lot of sort of cheesy movies that I'm like, there's, there, there seems to be like a lot of horror, a lot of like 80s sort of like horror and or fantastical sort of weird, weird things or thriller movies that like there's Cat Chaser, which makes zero sense. But like, <laughs> yeah, there, there's like a lot of sort of like horror movies or like thriller type movies. So like it totally makes sense that he's able to bring like those lenses, those ideas, like, you know, because there's certain lenses, there's certain things, the way you shoot stuff, like especially if you did Candyman right before this, like he could probably sort of bring some of that horror ideology to that, um, you know, in that field to the Sandlot. I do love the uh, it's just like, you know, he's down there. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, we cut to the outside of this wonderful little downtown. <laughs> like I've got where I live uh, in, in Oregon, there's multiple you know, there's multiple of these towns that were built in like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And even my downtown in certain areas kind of still looks oh, like yeah. certain too. buildings. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. Yeah. yeah, and it's just sort of nice to see, and it's like, it's squints and yeah, yeah, they're getting their ball for the, you know, they, they pulled together their bottle caps or whatever to get their baseball for the day, or like somebody went home. I always think that like one of the parents is always kind of like, you know, like the kid doesn't necessarily want to ask, whichever kid it is. But like, you know, maybe it is yeah, yeah, who knows where he's kind of like, hey, we, we lost another ball for you. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, here's a dollar for you to be out of the house yeah, all the day <laughs> and away from leave, me. you know leave like us alone. yes yeah exactly yeah. you know here here here's your dollar yeah. go come, away come back when <laughs> come back when the street light comes on exactly yeah i mean that's how that's how i grew up like me and all the neighborhood kids like i mean luckily we had a bunch like on my street and we all kind of congregate like we were all within a couple houses of each other so like we all kind of congregated within a you know a house or two of my house and like we played a lot of street hockey oh, and yeah. like street hockey was our thing we didn't play baseball we played a lot of street hockey and on rollerblades and stuff like that so like it would be like everybody's mom or mom and dad around 6 30 big dinner and like we'd start losing players <laughs> and like within 10 minutes everybody's parents have been like dinner and we're like dang it you know game on game and, on uh, game yeah on. we would do that constantly yeah very much in that in that way of like, I got home, I did my homework, and then I just played outside in the road when it was nice out, you know, unfortunately for, you know, us, like where I live on the 45th parallel, it's very similar to England. Seattle's, a you know, a couple hours north of me and that sort of stuff. But for about four, four to six months out of the year, it's very gray and chance of rain is pretty imminent. Mm. So like, you know, it's definitely one of those things having a dog now that I'm like, oh, it didn't rain today. Quick, we got to get your walk in before it does. <laughs> <laughs> just start dumping on us like i do love like you know they they get there as a kid you know watching this like i completely understood this moment because like when i saw this movie i was 11 or 12 and there were those uh there were those rumblings in, in my belly <laughs> where i was like i'm starting you know a boy meets world you know was about to come on i was start gonna start to watch that and i was gonna be like oh it's <laughs> very cute you know so like when i saw this I was like, you know, Wendy Peppercorn, yeah, pretty yeah. cute. Like, you know, I was like, hey, and, and like, I totally understood this moment. And I, again, this reminds me very much of like, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy loved Goodfellas, like, because this is set up very oh, much yeah. just the way that it's shot. It looks like a Goodfellas shot. It looks like on the street, 
and it, the garb probably helps, but like in, in the old music helps, but it just, it feels like it that does, kind of a yeah. shot, you know, like her walking down the street, the slow motion, all that sort of stuff. And I love the glasses come off. And he rubs them and puts them on like, whoa, it really <laughs> is her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say when I, when I first saw this, I was, I was a full-fledged adult. I had went in the military like right after this had came out. So I never saw it. So until I was you know, a few few years later. And so when I saw this shot, you know, of Winnie Peppercorn coming down the sidewalk and it's like, Whoa, she's kinda cute. But then I'm like, Oh God, she's like a child and then I found out <laughs> then I found out she was actually eighteen when she filmed this. So I didn't oh, so yeah. didn't feel so bad, you know, wipe the sweat off my forehead. Like, wow. <laughs> you know. But then yeah, this is a the reactions from Squints and Yaya are actually genuine because uh, she uh she was only on set for one day for like five hours and yeah. this is the actually the very first time they got to see her so That's yeah so it's, those reactions are genuine and I love yeah yeah's reaction of you know he he's equally as like you know wow, struck by yeah. her and then he 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 thinks and he's like nah like never gonna happen no. like <laughs> I wish but no she's seven years older than me there's no way yeah yeah yeah. But Squints yeah. is because you got to think she probably just graduated high school and these kids are like in the sixth grade or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. But not Squints. He's dedicated to making it, <laughs> making it yeah. happen. During this time as well, like I think right around this time it was just ending. The Wonder Years was big. Oh yeah. yeah. So like this was this type of movie and this sort of time setting was evoking probably a lot of you know That's the Wonder Years true. as well yeah. for right. folks. You know, this is very much like she could be the Winnie Cooper of the town type of thing. I do love the whole thing, like where she like walks by and like looks at him and <laughs> Squints puts on his best face and she kind of like smirks at him or whatever yeah. and walks like out, you know, to cross the street yeah. and it's like slow motion. And if this were a comedy, this is when a bus <laughs> yes. would hit with Peppercorn yeah. and she would disappear forever. <laughs> like that slow motion of that, there goes my <laughs> girl. <laughs> I just love that he literally has to be dragged away. <laughs> <laughs> like we gotta yeah. get to the sand lot, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't want to go because he locked eyes with her for a few seconds. So, which yeah. was probably more it's than he, something. It's probably more than any other girls ever looked at him. You know that long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a uh, it's it's a it's a great shot. And then again, making this movie feel bigger than it is. I mean, the the guy doing you know the guy I just said his name, the the director of photography. The way that he does this shot, so you see the entirety of the Sandlot. Uh, Anthony mm, B. Richmond yes. is his name. How it starts like up above the 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 back the backstop of the chain link friends, and you see them like you see the entirety of the Sandlot, and you see him dragging him like by his armor, <laughs> by his ear, and the camera comes down and kind of like zooms in he's like come on come on he keeps dragging him and it's such a such a great little piece of filmmaking to make that moment feel bigger and more important and you understand like the gravity of the sandlot you see that it's hot you see the dust in the background you see him walking over the dirt and kind of like kicking up dirt as they go so then when it comes to this next part where they're talking about how hot they are you kind of see that it's like yeah it's blazing down and like you see that it's like you know it you know it's super dry and it's just like none of the guys are out there they're all yeah. hiding yeah. Yeah, they're all out. drinking their soda pop they're so <laughs> yeah. it really helps with hydration yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pop's not working. Hmm. <laughs> We're baking like cheeser. a. I forget what he said. We're yeah. baking like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Toasted cheeser. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, I love that this is, I mean, it's the epitome of who Benny is. He, you know, he's like the uh, U.S. Postal Service 
come, you know, snow, sleet, rain, intense heat, he will play baseball. Gosh darn it. Yeah, you're some sort of uh, <laughs> or, or some sort of guy that can't hack it, panty waist, who wears paint. your mama's bra. <laughs> Is every Raise your hand, and everyone's like, yep, no, yep. yeah, no, that's me. <laughs> Don't care. I, you can call me whatever you want. It's too hot. We're not playing. Let's go do something else. And I love that they always, you know, like, I mean, they, they make – mention of it and like sometimes you see them in shorts and that sort of stuff but like in general though they're almost all of them are always jeans, wearing yeah jeans. yeah the rolled up yeah because they you know they got a and slide they all or have whatever a, some sort of, sort of button-up shirt over a t-shirt yeah yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. So like, obviously they're or or there are uh, th- there's a lot of like uh striped t-shirts in this uh in this movie yeah. as well. There's a lot of like Calvin, I call them Calvin and Hobbes, like sort of like, oh, striped, yeah. yes, definitely, you know, t-shirts or whatever, which which is great. But yeah, a lot of them have that idea. Or like, I know Benny has the jersey, and I think yeah, yeah has a jersey and a couple of things where he's like wearing like sort of like a. They all have that sort of like vibe of like of a uh, uh yeah the 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 shirt over the the t-shirt. I mean, that was just a thing because, like, I mean, I see my I see pictures of my father who's, uh, you know, born in 1954. I see pictures of him younger. He's wearing still to this day. My dad wears a white undershirt and then he wears like a shirt Mm, over it. So it's like if it's a button up or whatever, it's like, you know, it's the weekend. I mean, he was also in the military. So it's like if I see him on the weekend, he'll wear a T-shirt. But any Monday through Friday still to this day and he's retired, my dad is wearing some sort of like buttoned up Mm -hmm. button up with a white T-shirt underneath it. So I think it's a generational thing. And then also like in this uh, in this sort of vibe, you know, you kind of see like they probably leave the house with their stuff. And Smalls like, you know, he starts off with his shirts buttoned up and you you see him let that way and then like as the movie goes on it becomes like you know he starts to loosen it from the top button like he kind of like Knight Rider Hasselhoff <laughs> where like a, a few buttons like come like it gets lower until finally it's open like I would imagine all of these kids on their walk home once they get like onto their block they yeah. button their shirts back up and start to tuck them back in you know type of thing and then Benny knows he's lost the battle so he's just like fine fine be like that <laughs> yeah he, and I like the I like the voiceover narrator Benny would have played baseball all day all time Yep. You know, like, I love, yeah. th- this is this is such a good movie for Goodfellas obviously referencing that again and then also a Christmas story like there are certain movies that the the narration is such an integral part of the movie and doesn't step on the thing whereas like then there's some movies that you're watching you're like you're doing this because you wrote a terrible script and you're trying to like fill in stuff whereas this is like such a great like almost like breaking the fourth wall type of character almost in a, like a setup punchline kind of way where it's like it'll set something up and then it pays yeah. Yeah. pays it off on the screen in a great way yeah i love it you know there's there's few things that benny tolerated but one of them was the pool <laughs> <laughs> and the and without without hesitation all of them like they start like ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and then and then just pool on cue the, the pool honeys <laughs> <laughs> then we yeah we get the cut to the pool and the pool honeys <laughs> talking about having the girls and how they've seen them but you know then the playboy magazines and <laughs> you know yeah. but they never actually seen actually looked at one or something yeah <laughs> they just claim they had yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is the um the lauren far community pool and it was uh shot in ogden yeah i i do like how but that sort of goes in contradiction because back in the treehouse in the set decorator put time appropriate playboys in the background mm. 
and like they were actually real playboys yeah. so like if you look in like the background of the treehouse you see play and those were actually real and like the 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 you know the kids you know yeah. saw them <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- there is a story that they all one day one night after uh they were shooting they all went <laughs> okay. to, together and they all snuck in and watched basic instinct at a movie yes. theater <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh. yeah they were into some hijinks that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the Lauren Farr Community Pool at Gramercy, sixteen ninety one Gramercy Avenue, Ogden, uh-huh. Utah. So if uh, if anybody uh, anybody out there wants, uh, and then like Vincent Drug is on Midvale. It's it's closed now. Yeah, there's like there's a whole like uh, there's a whole like list of places where uh, where where like all of these locations were and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I like that, even though none of us had ever seen a Playboy. <laughs> but my favorite thing about Ham right here is like this is classic Ham again. Kind of, we kind of almost in this minute we we sandwich it with some Ham exactly. and and you, you know with with him with him you know doing the s'mores and like and then like him doing this like his bravado his is bravado. is fantastic. And I just yeah. love oh, that I he's like walking you. up, you know, because like he blows a- yeah, exactly. Like yeah. he oh, he yeah. because like you know. He was, you know, technically, you know, he's, you know, for lack of a better term, he's a fat kid. And so he probably has like, he's probably, you know, especially back then, you know, where it was, I'm sure you got made fun of, you know, way, way easier. You know, so that's his bravado. That's his shield. That's his, if you want to, you know, that's his, uh, that's his glove, if you will. And like, he's, so he's this character who's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm going to be so likable and so lovable, but also kind of like scary. So you don't want to screw with me type of thing. But I love, he's like, ladies, how you do it? And I love this. This always made me laugh as a kid, even though I didn't know what it mean as, as a kid, it just sounded funny to me. But as an adult, it makes me laugh even more. He's like, Hey, lady, how you, Ooh, I know. Sexy. <laughs> and like <laughs> that little kid would just like, <laughs> He doesn't know what that means. Like he probably he he read it exactly. in the Playboy. He's just like, oh. <laughs> and, and <laughs> you know? all those girls are all like, you know, they're all kind of they're laying down, but they're sitting up on their elbows and they're they're looking at him, but they're giving him no emotion yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in that treehouse also, like if we want to tie it in with Back to the Future, there's probably an Ooh La La magazine. George is up in the tree watching with his binoculars. <laughs> yeah, George is just down the block and because uh, they're supposed to be in, you know, California too, you know, in Hill Valley, California. So like yeah, George is just down the street and uh, you know <laughs> and, I, and and then you know, that's George's second novel, the the beast underneath the house. <laughs> 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 but I do love, you know, that the, that's a great little way to like in this minute. It's right before, uh, and you you guys will get into it. But I just, as a kid, I never realized he said heaven ball. I thought he said cannonball, but oh, like wow. because his voice kind of cracks. But I thought he goes cannonball. But I'm I'm fairly certain I didn't watch it because I think uh, my my clip c- cut off oh, before yeah, he gets to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Uh, but I'm fairly certain he says heaven ball because he he's in heaven because of all the you know the all the movies. all the the hot <laughs> babes that are sitting by the pool. Oh, that's funny. I think he goes, heaven ball. And then like, you know, and then and then he soaks them and uh and I like how they all get up and they're they, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're trying to suntan. We've rubbed baby oil all over <laughs> ourselves and we're getting skin cancer and you're ruining it. <laughs> Don't get my hair. We're wet. trying to be some hot hot pool honeys and you're ruining it. <laughs> What was uh? What was your uh, Brian? What was your uh, uh first? You, you said it was in the military when you were in your twenties yeah, when you I, first saw this movie. I, um, so this came out in what ninety three 
right? Yeah. And, that, and, and, yeah. and that was about the time I started working. Cause I was 16. I just started getting a job. I got a okay. car. So when I wasn't working, I was out with my friends. So I never, we never like went to the movies or anything. Yeah. yeah we were always out cruising. And then I joined, I joined the military <laughs> right after high school. I didn't watch this movie until I was going through, uh, through a, bo- a blockbuster of all places. And I found the video cassette of this and I rented it, you know, <laughs> and I was like, why haven't I seen this? And I, I, you know, I, I'd seen like the rookie and, you know, oh, and, yeah. you know, and all those, yeah. you know, the, the groups of kid movies, you know, like the Goonies and Stand By Me and those types. I've found it and I went and watched it and I was, I was like, I can't believe I didn't watch this before. This is great. Yeah. This is a cool movie. You know, so and, and like I said, it really yeah. reminded me of those types of movies. And I like baseball movies and like Major League, and oh, um, yeah. so yeah, Major League was right around this yeah. time yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, there there was definitely like an insurgence of baseball definitely. movies right in like the the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties. So Bentley, what was your Rachel? What was oh. your first experience? I didn't see it when it was like in theaters. I would have, gosh, I was born in 85, so it was one of those, I don't remember exactly the first time I saw it, but it definitely was one of those movies I, you know, I saw and I enjoyed. It's a movie I've, you know, seen on repeat. Nice, so it's something that you've seen multiple times before starting Yes, yep. Nice. But I mean, obviously same. It's it, it is such an enjoy and, and the cool thing about this movie and I think the reason like why my son liked it so much and why honestly like I it, it's it was a movie before my son and I did that 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 solid like two month stint where I would put it on probably once a year because it's such an easy movie to watch. Yeah. You know, it starts like a Christmas story, like Wayne's World. It's like you put it on and all of a sudden you're getting to the very end and you know you're and you're like, Wow, we got yeah. there. Exactly. Fast. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like something where you're like, okay, it's got to do this scene, and it's got to do this thing, and then we get, you know, and it's got to get here, and it's like a two-hour or two-and-a-half-hour movie. And there's still movies like that that move fast like that, but, like, this movie, you know, it, it's almost like uh, Happy Gilmore is another one of those <laughs> movies where it's like, it's it, you know, it gets to the credits, and you're just like, man, that was a mm-hmm. quick 90 minutes. Like, I love movies like that that just, like, know what they are, they get in, they get out, and they just, like... You know, and they're just fun oh, the whole yeah. time. You know, they're and, and but they have like those great moments throughout. You know, and I think that's such a important thing. Yes, I will tell you my story with Squint. Yes, I was going to say you kept, you teased us with the story, so we're excited to hear it. I was a child star here in Portland, Oregon, and um, I would do commercials. So I did some stuff for Nike and Reebok and OMSI. There, it's called the Oregon Museum of Science Institute, I believe is what it's called. And I was doing commercials, and I would audition for films, and you know television shows when they would come to Portland, that sort of thing uh, with my, you know, 11 year old stupid little bowl cut that I had and (laughs) I just looked like a dope but I auditioned to be it was after this movie had come out. I believe I was in junior high. I was in 6th or 7th grade. I can't, I tried to find it. I can't remember what it's called and it's not on Chauncey's IMDb. Um, But it's like this, it's this movie that Macintosh uh, you know, Apple, but they were Mac computers back then. They had quite found their their niche yet with their computers and they were struggling <laughs> as a computer thing so they made a Mac computer that not only ran uh you know the the Mac system but it could also read IBM software so oh, if wow. you got a Mac computer you could do everything that you did on a Mac but also you could 
you know, get the games or get whatever. And like, and so it was Chauncey, it was like this 30 minute made for TV movie about Mac computers. And it was all about how he needed this for for like some school project or whatever. I was this kid, like I, I shot like multiple scenes, like in a classroom, I shot stuff in a computer lab. And that's when I first got the taste of uh, filmmaking where my computer screen, because of how cameras react to normal, like television screens and computer screens, they like had this digital image that like moved around for me and I just had to like sit there and sort of like puppet my hands so it looked like I was actually working the computer (laughs) but it was just like this weird video loop or something like that and I worked for like I think it was two days on this thing as a background thing and I had a couple of lines here and there and blah 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 and I got cut down to just you see the back of my head and over the shoulder I'll send you you the I I did a screen grab of it once a couple of years ago I I found it on YouTube it is on YouTube oh Oh, cool (laughs) so maybe if you look up like Chauncey Leopardi Mac thing or whatever and like uh, um, you'll be able to find it but I think it's like this 30 minute made for TV movie but I remember like hanging out with him a little bit and he was super into martial arts and he also informed me that he was a Buddhist. And oh, wow. I was like, I was like, interesting, but I was into martial arts. And like, you know, so I was, I had been doing martial arts for a while there. And I remember he was like, he's like, you want to spar? And I was like, oh yeah, let's spar. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I was like, I, I'm going to fight squints. This is awesome. You know? <laughs> and I remember, I remember and my, my instructor was this cool guy who had like a black belt, and like five other martial arts. So like I studied with him for like five years and never made it past like technically like the third level because he was teaching me like five martial arts at once basically oh man (laughs) and so like i I used to go to tournaments and i would like see somebody's style and i would like switch into their style and confuse them and like start fighting them or whatever and so i remember he came at me he did taekwondo and i could tell by the way he was standing so like i switched into that stance and i just like sidekicked him in the (laughs) chest and like and like knocked him down and then like one of the pas came like running over like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what are you doing like i was like like, and i was like why why what we're 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 sparring like we do both like no you can't you can't attack the star. What are you doing? <laughs> he <laughs> said I was like, good. My, they're like, go, go sit with your mom. And I'm like, all right, all right, my bad, my bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't like, see him the rest of the shoot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's probably why I got cut. He was like, cut that kid out of this movie. How dare he? <laughs> we will only show your head and shoulders. <laughs> the back oh, of my man. head and the back, the back of my of shoulders. The back of your head, yeah. That's but right. yeah, I, I remember doing that. And that was like my first time like on a sound stage. It was up in oh, Portland wow. in this warehouse. And like, I, you know, it was like my first time like seeing being like right outside of this thing. And then it's like you walk past like this little flimsy wooden wall. And then all of a sudden you're in a classroom or you're in like, <laughs> You're like, I'm like, oh, this is all fake. Like, you know, like <laughs> it's like like it's like, you know, like, I don't know, something like home improvement. It's like when they they pull out and you can see that the walls only go probably nine feet yeah. tall or something oh, like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like that sort of stuff, like when they would show the bloopers at the end. Like I remember seeing that as a kid, specifically with home improvement, because we would watch it a lot, <laughs> where you would see oh, the set only goes like right outside of where it's framed in the camera shot. Like, it, and then it's just like a bunch of, li- or Seinfeld, for example, as well. Like, you know, you see like the apartment and like you see the lighting rigs and that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. it was my first experience with that as far as seeing an actual set because the commercials I did, they were shot in classrooms or they were shot in like actual locations where they had to like bring the lighting in and like it was an actual building. Whereas this, like, you know, there was no ceiling than the ceiling of like the warehouse that we were in or whatever like that. But yeah, anyway, that's my, that's my squint story bringing oh, the hot awesome. hot 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 <laughs> you know the uh the, the summertime <laughs> hot hot takes before we go and visit all the pool honey <laughs> <laughs>
days. Well, did anyone have anything else for this segment of minutes? No, man, I'm good. This is uh, this this was a lot yeah, of fun. I, I don't have anything else. One of my favorite it, favorite movies to to watch, and like I said, I enjoy watching it probably about once a year because it's just oh, fun yeah. to like put on. Especially if I'm cooking, because like I've got a little setup in my kitchen. So like if I'm cooking, I like to put on like 90 minute movies like this where mm, yeah. I can just I can kind of ignore it. But as I'm cooking, I can watch and enjoy. It. I'm like, man, this is so fun and this is so good. And then like by the time the movie's done, I'm kind of wrapping up whatever it is that I'm cooking and that sort of thing. Well, I, I hadn't seen this movie in years, and growing up, I, I have a 17 year old and nine year old, and we were the whole time he's growing up. You know, whenever he do something, you know, I'd always say, "You're killing me, Smalls," and he would he would never get it. <laughs> yeah. And I just kept doing it, and he got to a point where he got annoyed with it, and he, then he then he didn't know what it was from, and I was like. <laughs> I've showed you Sandlot, right? And he's like, no, what's that? You know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm failing as a parent. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to go out and buy the DVD a couple months ago and I bought it and, and I'd sit there and watch it. Yeah, he likes it, but you know, but now he knows the reference. My father still says that to me. I'm I'm a 40-year-old man and my dad's 66 because <laughs> this was something that he and I watched in the theater uh, for okay. sure. Like my dad loves baseball and like it was actually a punishment <laughs> for me because, you know, he goes, I can't ground you and send you to your room because everything you love is in your room. Yeah. So you know what we're going to do? You're going to play baseball and I'm going to tell your coaches that you're being punished and you have <laughs> to try. And if I find out you're not trying, then once the season is over, once summer hits, then you're grounded for the first half of summer as well Ouch. and i was like oh no so like the last time i played baseball it was because i was i was grounded i was in trouble for bad <laughs> grades and uh i got out of baseball because there was this thing it was it was i think it's called coach pitch now where the other coach like kind of like yeah. lightly oh. throws the ball to you yeah but when yeah. i was a kid it was pitching machine so they had like the wow. pitching machine on the mound and they they calibrate it so it threw perfect strikes every time but <laughs> a couple games in a row the pitching machine hit me in the ribs and walked me <laughs> Oof. and like the next year is when like the kids i was going to school with were going to start pitching and i was like and those kids aren't <laughs> fans of mine you know because I'm, I'm i'm a little smart ass so it's like if the machines hit me i definitely don't want to do it when the kids that don't like right. me are pitching the ball yeah, like, yeah. but then at the same time i went off and i started playing hockey which is you know way more violent <laughs> but 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 you know it's more fast paced than baseball i think that's the other thing too like being a yeah. adhd kid is like it's like why i don't like baseball it's why i don't like golf it's why i don't like football it's like it's like sit around and like wait for like two seconds of action whereas hockey it's constantly moving you that's know? true yeah. and uh but like yeah baseball was my punishment but at the same time i loved it and the during that <laughs> during that grounding season i did the thing that ham does which is like you know when they're playing the rich kids like all of that stuff that he says to like all of those players <laughs> yeah. i i had that memorized because i because i had the vhs <laughs> of the movie that's so like awesome. i would say that and i i made one of the kids of my own team cry wow <laughs> His dad was the coach. His dad was the coach. He came up to me. He goes, what do you say to my son? I was like, have you ever seen Sandlot? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm just saying the stuff that Ham's. He goes, well, knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, you can't say that stuff in a game. You're like, you're going to get in, like, it'll be, you know, you know, bad sportsmanship or whatever. Oh, that's true. I would do stuff like that That sometimes where I would, like, say a joke from a movie. I did that, like, in a, in, like, a shaking hands, you know, where you're supposed to, like, you know, slap hands. Everyone's in a line and they slap hands. Good game, good Mm -hmm. game, good game. And I saw a kid that I went to school with and he was on the other team. And I, like, I saw my friend. So I said something, I forget exactly what it 
was, it was probably something from Sandlot or maybe it was something from the first Mighty Ducks movie or something like that. Because that came out right around this time too. Because uh, Kenny uh, Kenny uh, Nunez or what, the pitcher is, he's in the Mighty Ducks movies as well. And so like I said something like that, but the coach was near enough by their coach. And my friend laughed where he was like, what did you just say? And I was like, oh, I was just making a joke to my friend. They're like, no, no, no. And then I got <laughs> I got benched for two <laughs> games <laughs> for oh, unsportsmanlike wow. conduct in baseball. And I was like, that's fine. That pitching machine's trying to break my ribs. <laughs> Screw this game. <laughs> <laughs> but those are all my baseball stories. You know, thank you very, very much for having me on the show. It yes, was a great pleasure you. to uh, to to revisit this uh, to revisit this movie and you know talk about it uh, so in depth. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having it me. was. And yeah, thank you guys both for being on. Brian and Bentley, did you have shows or anything you would like to plug to the listening audience before we wrap up here? Brian, you're up. I talk too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do one of these Movies by Minutes uh, shows, podcasts. I'm doing Top Gun, the 1986 uh, Tony Scott movie. Doing it one minute at a time, though, not nine minutes at a time. Uh, maybe I should have done it nine <laughs> minutes at a time. It would have been a lot easier, but you know... <laughs> uh, it's it, a pretty long movie, though, yeah? It, it's 110 it's minutes. Hours, isn't it? So, it just just shy oh, wow. of two hours. And it, it uh, as of this recording, it, it just dropped. So, go out, go check it out. You can find me at themoviesbyminutes.com. Uh, I have a Twitter page at Top Gun Minute Pod. And we have a listener, uh, we have a group on Facebook. It's called the Top Gun Minute Listener School. Come join the discussion awesome. on there. That's awesome. And then yes. I also do a couple of these uh, movie by minutes things. I've got uh, completed a Christmas story minute available on all platforms. And it's going to be the same feed for Wayne's World Minute because I turned my anchor page into just, I believe it's anchor.fm slash Bentley MM pod. But okay. the, the, the official link will be in the show notes, of course. A Christmas story minute, Wayne's World Minute. Then we're going to do Wayne's World 2. And then we're going to hit up that 90s classic rollerblading movie, Airborne. Oh. And we're going to do Airborne oh. Minute. <laughs> With awesome. a young Seth Green and a young Jack Black and uh, <laughs> and some guy from a soap opera, some sort of teen show who's like the main guy or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then, you know, if you need any voiceover work for your podcast or anything like that or your business or, you know, whatever it is, you can hit me up, fiverr.com slash Bentley Michaels. Very affordable rates for, for stuff like this. Use promo code uh, Sandlot Minute and uh, get yourself <laughs> a discount. Bye, <laughs> <Like> everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He'll even spar you. <laughs> yeah, I'll kick you straight in the chest. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing you have me. To pay extra though. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <Yeah. laughs> and listeners, please come back and join us for some more of the Sandlot. Nine <laughs> minutes at a time. I want some more. Some more what? <laughs> some more. If his knees hadn't got sick, he'd have made the big league. Just like his hero, the man. Or number seven on his back like the Mick But his knees got sick so he had to quit He had the quickness, he had the size He could hit a ball further than Johnny Mize He was blonde on top but his knees went pop So he had to stop, had to give it up